0: To Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia de Bercier. And if you want to support the show, check out our merch store over on Etsy. We've got stickers, keychains, sunfish ornaments, and postcards. So make sure to take a look over at etsy.com slash shop slash beyondblathers. Cool. So what are we talking about today, Olivia? You said the name, but I do not know what this is.
1: Yeah. So we are talking about another mammal today, our second mammal since the mammoth. And this is not a mammal that's around anymore. We're going to actually be talking about one of the first of our kind, the first placental mammal, Jeremiah, which is how I think it's pronounced. Um, Jeremiah, Like Jeremiah was a bullfrog, yeah. except <laughs> Jeremiah was the first Placental mammal. Yeah, that's what we're doing today. That's so cool. Yeah,
0: I have never I've never heard of this animal before, but let's let's see what Blathers has to say about it and then get into it. So if you bring a Jeremiah fossil to Blathers, he'll say, Ah yes, the Jeremiah, one of the first mammals and one of the few to live alongside the dinosaurs. In order to hide from much larger dinosaurs, it was less than four inches long and quite unobtrusive. Some even theorize that these mammals were nocturnal until the dinosaurs went extinct. They needed every advantage to live among those behemoths. They were nocturnal
1: before it was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our ancestors were quite literally growing up in the shadows of dinosaurs around this time. But uh, Blathers, I feel like Blathers has really been dropping the ball. I think the past like two months worth of episodes, we've been finding a lot of Blathers errors. And this one's just like rife with errors. For one, it really wasn't one of the first mammals. That's not true. There were lots of mammals before it and lots of like mammal-like creatures that were like right on that verge of becoming a mammal. And there were also lots around at the time of the dinosaurs. Like there was like a decent amount of diversity in terms of the different kinds of mammals. I mean, they weren't like today, but like it's not really true to say that it was one of the few to live along alongside the dinosaurs. So, yeah, sorry, Blathers. It's kind of it's kind of wrong. And also not all of them were necessarily nocturnal. I don't really know where he got that information from, but uh, i I think, yeah, it seemed like from the evidence, Jeremiah probably maybe was. It's hard to say for sure, but, yeah, okay. but getting on with things. what what on earth is Jeremiah? What are we imagining in our brains? So Jeremiah was a very small rodent-like creature. Think of like a rat with a thinner, longer snout. And it probably wouldn't have looked that out of place if you saw it in a forest today. It was probably an insectivore based on what we can see of its teeth. It's got that sort of long pointy snout, much like shrews or sort of little rodent insectivores today. And it seemed to have pretty well-developed feet for climbing. So we're looking at an arboreal insect-eating rat, okay? That's sort of what I want you to picture in your mind. And that might not sound very impressive compared to some of the other prehistoric creatures we've talked about on the show, but Jeremiah represents a very important stepping stone in the evolution of mammals, including us today. And before I talk about what that stepping stone is or was, it's important that we do a little mini lesson on what mammals are, because this is very crucial in explaining why Jeremiah is important. So for our listeners, I challenge you to like maybe pause the episode here and see if you can think of the four things, the four main things that make a mammal a mammal, because two of them are kind of easy like a little bit more obvious if you think about mammals maybe things that you were taught in school but two of them are a little bit trickier so like Sophia do you want to do you want to take a guess as to what those four things were are okay uh I feel like the obvious one is
0: like like the gi- like giving birth to live young would that be the correct way to put it or like the the young like the baby developing
1: inside of them yeah, that's super close. Okay. I mean, I guess that's one feature that's, yeah, like they definitely do have a very specific way of, but like some some mammals lay eggs. So okay. it's not always, it's not always the case for mammals.
0: Okay. Well, so mammary glands, that's like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like producing yeah. m- some kind of milk situation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. That's one. Okay. You got it. <laughs> I don't know the others. <laughs> One, one of them also is, like, very superficial. Like, you look at a mammal and you see... Hair? Yeah. Hair? They have hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they have fur or hair. I guess there's a lot of other animals on the planet that have fur or hair. They're not quite the same. Like, often, like, bugs will have, like, like think of a tarantula. They have hair. Mm. Those hairs are made a little bit differently. I'm not exactly sure what the specific scientific distinction is. But, yeah, that's one of one of the characteristic traits of mammals.
0: Is another one being, like,
1: warm-blooded? No, I mean, that is, like, a, a definitely a characteristic of mammals. But in terms of the four things that they need to be, like, a true mammal, the other two are, like, a little weird and obscure. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll get into them here. So, I mean, we talked about the fur hair, so that's number one. Number two is that they have a very specific type of jaw. And that jaw is made up of two bones, the dentary and the squamosal. And so that's very, like, anatomical science-y, but uh, that's one of the differences. And that's something that's helpful in paleontology because that's something that fossilizes a bit easier than something like fur or hair. Although sometimes those fossilize as well, or evidence of it fossilizes. And the third thing, which is one of the other sort of undercover, (laughs) hard-to-tell things, is that mammals have three middle-ear bones, And this might seem very like nitpicky, but it's super crucial to understanding how mammals came to be. So inside our ear, we have, yeah, like three kind of little bones in there and they help us to hear. And way, way back in evolutionary history, our ear bones were actually part of our jaw. And over time, these bones moved back towards our ear and scientists think that this helped us become better at hearing. So just like the further it went back towards our ear, the better at hearing we were. Because if you think of reptiles, their hearing isn't that great like it's 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 pretty darn bad and their jaws look a bit like how our ancient ancestors jaws looked before we became true mammals they they have like different pieces in their jaw their jaw isn't like one structure now having better hearing can be a real advantage because for animals like Jeremiah hearing better can allow it to hunt at night and exploit different resources than other animals so you know if you're able to like scurry around the trees When the sun's not up, you're going to find all kinds of things that no one else will. Now, the separation of the ear bones and the jaw also may have allowed mammal heads to expand backwards more, which made room for a bigger brain. And this ear bone thing can also be helpful in deciding where that line is between early mammaliforms. So like the mammals that were almost at the mammal stage of evolution, but not quite, and the true mammals. Because paleontologists can look at whether a new fossil has the ear bones in the middle ear, like a true mammal, or if maybe it's in a transitional phase between the jaw and the ear. Uh, I should also mention that just because, like, uh, a mammaliform had the ear bones in the middle ear doesn't necessarily make it a mammal yet, but that's one of those features that helps us tell.
0: That's so interesting and, like... One, I feel better because no possible way I could have guessed that. (laughs) Um, And two, that's just like kind of such a random thing that it is like it's like very undercover, but it seems like it did make a really big difference.
1: Yeah, like you wouldn't think that the like these tiny, tiny bones would make that much of a difference in like a massive group of animals on the planet. Like it's it's just very, (laughs) very weird.
0: Okay, so sorry for, like, totally interrupting your list. What is the fourth thing?
1: Yeah, and the fourth thing was, you guessed it, before mammals can produce milk. And this is so important. Milk turned out to be a great adaptation for mammals because it gave their young a head start on life by being able to get nutrients from their mother relatively easy and quickly. I mean, it's still a lot of effort on the part of the mom, but in terms <laughs> of, like, it was just a really good uh, source of food. And memory glands are thought to have started out as sweat glands, which I just find so interesting. Like, it makes sense, but also it's really weird to think of, like, it is very weird that mammals just, like, secrete milk. And so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but over time, these glands, yeah, they started excreting milk, and eventually, in many mammal species we see today, those glands concentrated into nipples, and those nipples were useful for young to have something to grab hold of while their mothers moved around. But for some mammals, they never developed nipples. So platypus, for instance, secrete milk out of mammary gland openings in their skin onto their fur where their young, like, will suck it off their hairs, much like the prehistoric ancestors did before they developed nipples. So the
0: more you know about nipples. (laughs) That's so cool. So was Jeremiah the first true mammal then? Like, I'm kind of confused by this distinction between, like, early mammals and true mammals and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, it, it is a bit confusing. So I'll, I'll explain it here. So Jeremiah was the earliest known placental mammal. And so we usually group mammals into three basic groups or infraclasses based on how they birth their young. So there's the placental mammals who cl- carry their young in a uterus with a placenta to nourish them. And placentas help the young get nutrients faster and more efficiently, which in turn allows for faster and larger brain development and an increased metabolic rate, all things that are great for for survival. But overall, the existence of the placenta allows for more developed young. Now, the placenta also isolates a developing fetus from the mother's immune system. So if the placenta wasn't there, her immune system would attack the fetus as a foreign body. So other animals without placentas avoid this problem by laying eggs because with the egg that itself isolates the fetus from the mother. So those are placental mammals. And the second group is marsupials. And they give birth to underdeveloped young who didn't get as long in the womb with a placenta feeding them. So when they're birthed, they look basically like fetuses with arms and they crawl up the mother's pouch to continue their growth. So in the case of, say, kangaroos. They'll give birth to like a jelly bean sized fetus that's like naked and like like the weirdest looking thing you can imagine (laughs) just as arms. It'll crawl up just by pure instinct up into the mother's pouch where it'll latch onto a nipple and start to develop further. So they're not in the uterus for that long. So yeah I mean marsupials include things like I said kangaroos, koalas, possums, wombats, many of those iconic mammals you might find in Australia. And now, even though marsupials and placental mammals are in different groups, marsupials still have placentas. And that can be a bit confusing. But typically, when you hear people talk about a placental mammal, they're excluding marsupials. So I just want to mention that. And the third group of mammals are the monotremes. So animals like the echidna and the platypus, they lay eggs, but they are still mammals. So they're very weird.
0: So we're placental mammals. And how, like, related are we to... Marsupials
1: and monotremes. Yeah, so if we imagine the three mammal groups in a family tree with like one common mammal ancestor at the top, the monotremes would just sort of break off first. They're the most different from us. Then, millions of years after that, the marsupials and the placental mammals broke apart. But when exactly placental mammals first came on the scene was kind of uncertain for a long time. So for many years, the earliest evidence of a placental mammal came from 125 million years ago. So that was sort of the point where we were like, ah, this is... This is the evidence we have for when placental mammals came to be, but in 2011, Jushi Luo and his team of researchers published their paper announcing the discovery of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah has teeth as well as forelimb and wrist bones that are characteristic of a placental mammal, not a marsupial. So that was like, oh, okay, so we've got an ancestor of placental mammals here, definitely not a marsupial ancestor. And by dating the Jeremiah fossil, they found out that placental mammals must have come about about 35 million years earlier than previously thought. And this discovery was also important because molecular evidence was showing that placental mammals and marsupials must have diverged around 160 million years ago. But because there wasn't any physical evidence for this at the time, a lot of people were pretty critical of the molecular evidence. But the discovery of Jeremiah has shown that, hey, maybe this molecular evidence is actually pretty accurate after all. And maybe we can have a little bit more faith in it because, turns out, there is evidence of this division much earlier on. And the last thing I'll say about this discovery in particular was that it's a very beautiful fossil. Like The teeth are really well preserved, as is some of the skull, and even some soft tissues, including hair, were found in the fossil. So that's super cool. And it was found in the Lea... Liaoning province of China. So, yeah, a little bit about the fossil itself.
0: Oh, that's that's so cool. And I honestly like my fossil record timeline is, is so bad. What was like life like 160 million years ago when they were emerging?
1: Yeah, I've, I always find it helpful to remember when the dinosaurs died out because that gives me like a pretty good reference for time. So that was 65 million years ago, dinosaurs died This fossil was found 160 million years ago and this was during the Jurassic period which spanned around 200 to 135 million years ago. It was a very lush and tropical time for much of the world. Some of the dinosaurs you may be familiar with that lived around this time would be Allosaurus, Giraffa Titan, Brachiosaurus. Stegosaurus came around about five million years later but sort of around that time um, in the broad scheme of things. And a few million years earlier, you had things like Triceratops. So it was very much a like prime dino time. Lots lots of familiar faces over there. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I like the Jurassic period.
0: So is Jeremiah like our
1: ancestor then? So we don't really know for sure. Despite the fact that Jeremiah's name, Jeremiah Senesis, means Jurassic mother from China, we might not be a direct descendant. So the study authors put it really well by saying that Jeremiah could either be, like, a great aunt or a great grandmother, if it helps to think in that sense. Like, it could be a relative, but maybe we're not, like, a direct descendant of it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And when did mammals as a whole group show up on the planet? Was it, like, a long
1: time before then? The earliest mammals were a group of shrew-like creatures that were very small. They existed around 210 million years ago, and they were called morganucodontids. And what was cool about them was we start to see that they're able to chew their food in a very different way than other animals at the time. Basically, the way they could mash up their food, they were able to get all of the nutrients, all the calories out of that food, and more calories is always helpful for survival. So they were a pretty successful little group. And talking about mammals during the age of the dinosaurs, it's kind of cool to remember that while we weren't seeing the same diversity of mammals we would see in the more, like, recent millions of years, mammals were still occupying all kinds of niches during this time. Some were gliding through trees, others were preying on baby dinosaurs, some were swimming through rivers, and they could get up to the size of wolverines, so they weren't always that small once, you know, you get into the time of the dinosaurs so even though the early mammals were tiny, most like things, they, they were starting to diversify later into the time of the dinosaurs. Now, after the extinction of the non-avian dinosaurs, mammals really had their moment. They started occupying all kinds of different niches and they started to get bigger. So, yeah, it was like party time for the mammals after that. <laughs> and a little Animal Crossing fun fact is that you'll find the Jeremiah fossil near the Demetrodon in the museum. And Demetrodon is like that dinosaur looking thing with the sail on its back. Demetrodon lived even before flowers existed, so like a very long time ago. That's during the Permian. And this animal was not actually a dinosaur. It's a stem mammal. It's a very early mammal. So yeah, I think it's kind of cool that they're located near each other in the museum. But I'll leave the rest of the Demetrodon facts for later when we do an episode on it because it's a very cool thing.
0: Wow, I had no idea about that. I know what you're talking about, like the one with the sail. That's so
1: cool. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's such an iconic, like... If you get a dinosaur, like, pack of toys or something, you'll find a Demetrodon, but it's, like, not a dinosaur. Wow. It's very cool.
0: Yeah, let's do that soon. I'm interested.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I hope you learned a bit today about both Jeremiah's importance to understanding our own mammal lineage, but also a bit about living animals today, living mammals today. Because I think it's pretty fascinating that mammals we live among today, like kangaroos and Tasmanian devils, that like even though we might think of them as being somewhat closely related to us, at least compared to like birds or reptiles, you know, they haven't been related to us for at least 160 million years. And Earth is just such a long history and humans really haven't been part of it for a very long time.
0: Yeah, I love that. It really puts things into perspective for sure. And yeah, I just love when we can like take an animal like this and use it as like a little like lens to look at a much bigger lesson on something like mammals, yeah.
1: hmm Yeah, I, I enjoyed learning about the evolution of mammals. I didn't know a lot of that stuff before, or I feel like they were things that I learned kind of separately, And but having it all like brought together into the context of Jeremiah, I was like, oh, this makes sense now. I get it. This is how everything's related. Totally.
0: Well, thank you so much, Olivia, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Please take a second to leave us a rating and review, and don't forget to subscribe.
1: And of course, tell your friends about us. We love that.
0: Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!